Jedi Council is a podcast for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council podcast where we like to explore mental health and your favorite fictional characters. This is your Jedi Council co-host, Brandon Saxton. And Katie Gordon. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. It's the first week of the semester, so kind of a, an exciting time. Uh, I'm teaching a be- introduction to behavior modification class this semester, so that's going well. That's cool. I'm teaching diversity and clinical psychology, so it's been an interesting class. It's only been a week so far, but I, I think it's going to be... Good class. Great students. Very engaged. Good. That sounds great. It's kind of fun in that first week to kind of get a sense for things and kind of get get your foundation, get your footing a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so today I think we're going to talk a little bit about Iron Fist. This is something that we've been hinting about for a couple weeks that we were going to talk about, and finally we've just made our way through the topic, so we're finally here. And uh, maybe... So specifically, we're going to be talking about episode two of Iron Fist, and if you haven't seen Iron Fist, there's going to be some spoilers uh, specifically for that episode. Um, probably not for anything else in the season, but I can't make a promise for that. It's... Yeah, I think that's unlikely. Yeah, I think so too. Because honestly, since neither of us have finished right, the true. series, I don't think it would be necessary. I also brought this, um, you might have seen in the news that James Cameron made some comments about Wonder yeah. Woman being a step backwards. I didn't um, see what he said. I hadn't had a chance, but I saw uh, the response, which I liked. Yeah, he he um, didn't seem, he didn't, he didn't think it was a properly feminist movie. So I brought in a small Wonder Woman toy thing that I have that is pretty cool because when you press the Wonder Woman symbol, sometimes you have to take a stand. It makes little sounds like that. I little, like that. Little bits of Wonder Woman existence. So <laughs> maybe we can have Wonder Woman do our pearl wisdom at the end. <laughs> That's a good Go idea. <laughs> I really like that. What I it's really cool too. And for folks who can't see it, which I guess we'll post is, a picture on our yeah, social media. It's uh, kind of like the classic, uh, like I don't know what era that is of Wonder Woman golden era. I don't know how comic <laughs> eras work, Katie. I'm totally new. <laughs> Uh, but it's awesome. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, she's. I, I thought we could use a little Wonder Woman encouragement as we get rolling. Oh, tonight. I can always use that. And <laughs> I think the movie's coming out in digital pretty soon. It I is, yeah. For that, so I'm yeah, pretty excited to watch me that too. Again, like 200 more times. It'll <laughs> be <laughs> really good. So, may, would you mind if we just start really quickly to kind of get ourselves thinking about Iron Fist? Just maybe like an overall impression of the episode or series, maybe from what we've seen. Sure, I am probably only halfway through the okay. series, and you know, I I think it's okay so far. I I mean, I think it's interesting enough. I I get why people like Jessica Jones. I immediately was very engaged with that. I really like Luke Cage. I haven't actually watched Daredevil though. I, after watching some of the Defenders, I do want to go back and watch Daredevil. So, you know, I think it's interesting, but it's not something like with Jessica Jones where I felt like I really wanted to watch the whole series within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the exact same impression. I've sort of, I think I have three episodes of Iron Fist left, and I've been watching it over like several months. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think I watched it, uh, watched Jessica Jones in two sittings, two or three sittings, mm-hmm. for the same reason. I just thought that was so good. 
Uh, I also thought Daredevil was better than Iron Fist 2. Uh, in better, I use that pretty loosely. Uh, mm-hmm. Just my own preferences, of course. Yeah, you know, I I like it enough to watch it. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. I like the idea of um, using Chi and that he's a mortal Iron Fist in the hand. I think all that stuff's very interesting, and I have enjoyed him as part of the Defenders. Did the, the Chi stuff remind you of your original D&D character? It was, uh, was also a monk. It was a monk, yes. That that must have been it. I didn't realize it. It must have been a subconscious thing. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay, so the reason, of course, that we're focusing on specifically on the second episode of Iron Fist, maybe I'll do a quick like 30-second mm-hmm. summary just to kind of set sure. the stage, is Danny Rand, who, of course, is the main character of the immortal Iron Fist, he is being held in a 72-hour hold, and we kind of see what he goes through of... Both uh, being in that hold, uh, interacting with a therapist whose name is Dr. Edmonds, and interacting with some of the other patients who are there as well. And it's kind of unique, too, because, of course, uh, the, the he's kind of put there against, well, obviously against his will, but for nefarious reasons as well. Mm-hmm. He actually is Danny Rand. Uh, they're trying to set him up, uh, the Meachams, to kind of uh, keep their share of the, the empire or the company that, that Danny would own over half of. So that's really quickly kind of why he ended up in there. And, of course, too, I think his return to to town wasn't great either. He Mm -hmm. sort of cruises back into uh, the Rand building and and fights a couple of the security guards. So that's kind of part of the case that they use against him to have him put there. Yeah, and I I think that the sister of the Meachams doesn't think that he's really Danny either. Right, yes. at, At least in that context. And she... Basically, in, at the end of episode one, has him drink tea and they drug him. Yep. So yeah, Joy. Yep, yeah. she has, and her brother Ward seems to not really care who he is. He just wants him kind of out of their life. Yeah, he presents as more callous. Although yep. ultimately, they both do some things that yes. are callous. Not great for your childhood friends. No, for sure. no, not my favorite. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, we'll just grab a couple of things mm-hmm. that sort of stood out or were related to depictions of mental health and just kind of have a. A good old conversation about Sure, that sounds good. Do you want to start? I think we both brought some uh, notes. Sure. Um, So one of the first things that starts out, and we might go into more detail if there's interest in this, but one of the first things that you notice is that um, Danny is strapped to the bed, very tightly strapped to a bed in full restraints, and the doctor says it's because he's a fighter. So I looked, I haven't actually worked within a mental health hospital in quite some time. I did between college and graduate school. Uh, how about you? Have you? Or, I worked in that kind of ward mm-hmm. where it was people who were involuntarily hospitalized, mm-hmm. but that was... Uh, that was a while ago. Yeah, no, I've, I have not had an experience in that environment, so I don't have any experience or first-hand knowledge with the use of restraints like we saw with Danny. Yeah. Okay, and at the time, I, I was tra- we were trained that you only do that when, you know, the person is absolutely, it's kind of last resort. If you sure. can't keep them safe through some other method, um, and you learn other types of restraints, but they're usually viewed as temporary, and sometimes the patients in the hospital would go into a separate room where it's safe where mm-hmm. they couldn't hurt themselves, but they weren't tied down until okay. they kind of calmed down. But in this, they're really stuffing him full of meds and trying to sedate him, in addition to having him very firmly restrained. And it seems like a bit much in light oh, yeah. of his presentation. And there are there is an interesting Atlantic article, which we can uh, link to, which is talking about risks that are associated with hospital restraints including 
talking about when restraints are used in hospitals with elderly individuals that it can sometimes, uh, like 70 years and older, sometimes it appears to increase delirium. Okay. And so, so it seemed that part right away, there's something suspicious about this hospital unit because yeah. they're restraining him like that. And in addition to that, if he's so dangerous, there's no one watching him. And mm -hmm. when someone, especially when they're first admitted, if they're believed to be at risk, there are eyes on mm -hmm. them. Someone is physically looking at them. In fact, the only person who was looking at him is something you noticed, too. Yeah. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The first person that interacts with him who sort of becomes uh, not a friend, but uh, someone he visits with mm -hmm. during his stay there is someone who's pretending to be a doctor who right away I thought there was something very nefarious going on because this person who we are led to believe is a, a doctor there as well is kind of telling Danny that he needs to kill himself, which was, mm -hmm. uh, it kind of goes along with exactly what you're saying. There's And holds a fork to his neck. Oh, yeah, absolutely, which isn't great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it kind of leads, where, where is the where's the staff at? That, right. Especially when we've got someone brand new who presumably must be very dangerous if they're being... Uh, you know, uh, restrained in such a mm -hmm. way in reference to Danny not being watched with another patient who's pretending to be a doctor. So, yeah. Exactly. And so, especially who apparently is, is dangerous because he's telling uh, yeah. him to kill himself and holding a fork to his neck. The doctors do rush in to get him, but, but honestly, under circumstances, when people are admitted into hospitals, there's a judgment made about how closely they need to be checked on it and watched. And if someone like we're saying, is at Danny's level, it's just very unlikely that they would have another patient sitting in there um, saying that to him or another client, whichever right. term. I'm kind of oh, using sure. those terms uh, exchange of, in, interchangeably. So Yes. Um, and also kind of to that point, do you think that there's something that we didn't see on camera that w would lead us to believe that Danny did something at the hospital? It sort of seems like he comes to consciousness after the tea incident in the mm -hmm. hospital. So they're restraining him because of his actions back at Rand, presumably. Um, is that kind of... I, I was a little confused by it that, too. It wasn't clear, because they just say that one quote that he's a fighter, yeah. but, of course, that's not the real doctor, so I don't know. That's right, other yeah. patient who says that, so it's not clear to me where that is. And, um, you know, this is... It, clearly, the patients in there, I mean, you see this throughout, are not, tra are not treated with dignity and with <laughs> rights and respect that they have. And restraints is one of those ways in which it's people are very cautiously trained in how to do that and, and often are taught, you know, ways to do that that don't involve actually devices. I mean, mm -hmm. later on, you see Danny with a straight jacket, for example. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's something totally off about that because they're taking him to go get right. beaten up by yeah, people. That's... So. You it's can't clearly hold that a against problem. the facility quite yeah. as much, but still. Well, well, they're the ones who brought him down to get well, beaten up by the that's group. So. <laughs> so I guess we can hold that against the facility. Yeah, that's not great, so, so it's it's problematic on a lot of levels, although it's not totally clear what the connection is um, there. But the, the, you also see this kind of come up as Danny is given medicine without any explanation about what it is. He's not asked to give consent. Mm -hmm. It's true that in some situations, individuals might take medication without their consent, but it actually takes quite a bit for someone to have to take medication without their consent, and they don't even appear to try to explain it to him. 
Um, and he's very disoriented with whatever hev- they're heavily sedating him with. They just kind of open his mouth with the tongue depressor yep. and throw the medication in. He even describes it as, uh, they're going to just dope us until we're mindless donkeys. Yeah. yeah. Because that's kind of his his interpretation of the event. And, and he, he's sort of right. That kind mm-hmm. of seems like what they're doing in the, that facility, at least. Because you're right, he's, I mean... Cr- Presumably, we're seeing him wake up for the first time. We didn't miss any interaction. And they're just giving him uh, multiple medications, mm-hmm. for sure. They dump a, a small, a few in there. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's not not good. No, it's it's not. A, if people had negative impressions of mental health hospitals, if they believe that Iron Fist is an accurate representation, which hopefully they don't because there are obviously right. some evil things going on, this, this would not make them feel more comfortable. No, absolutely not. Not a particularly accurate or uh, warm? I don't know if warm's the right word, but definitely the, uh, it doesn't invoke a lot of trust. Or No, it reminded me more of kind of like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's mm-hmm. Nest or something before there were a lot of rights put into place for patients that are staying in hospitals until standards were greatly improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anything else to say about that one? Maybe no. I'll grab one of my sure. notes. Sure. So another thing that I that I kind of got onto is that this is something that you and I have actually talked about previously that I think is is worth talking about here as well, which is uh, the difficulties in assessing someone like Danny Rand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, someone, and this can come across with multiple comic book characters too, or superheroes. So you have Danny who comes and says, uh, you know, I, he has this passport for someone else. John Anderson, I mm-hmm. think, and he says, you know, I'm Danny Rand, someone who has been believed to be dead for 15 years, and uh, and you can understand some of the difficulties in um, trying to interpret mm-hmm. what's exactly going on here. Uh, is this person uh, is this person in touch with reality, or is this some sort of misconception or misperception, something like that? So that's kind of interesting to kind of puzzle about too, and uh, I think. It, at first, it kind of makes sense. You can kind of understand, okay, you can see why they wouldn't be quite sure. Uh, and then it's kind of interesting to watch this evolve as Dr. Edmund sort of looks further and further into this. And eventually, he does come to the conclusion, okay, this this probably is Danny. And he tells Danny, that, I believe you that you're Danny Rand. And then Danny says, well, yeah, like all this happened that I've told you. I, uh, I'm the Iron Fist. I trained with these monks. And then the Dr. Edmund sort of takes another step back again. It's like, oh, okay, so you've experienced some trauma. You're developing this Iron Fist as a way to deal with the horrible things that you experienced when you are younger. So even when the Doctor eventually does believe Danny to be Danny, he doesn't believe the Iron Fist mm-hmm. uh, part of the Danny's tale. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting to sort of think about that and how how the challenges in assessing that, but also... I was wondering, would that be that hard to believe that there's uh, um, an Iron Fist when in that very town, aliens came out of the sky and attacked New York, of course, with the Avengers, and and people know about Thor and things like Mm -hmm. that. So it's kind of interesting to kind of puzzle over all that. It is, because I think that, you know, when if someone's presenting, saying that there's someone else, you you could have hypotheses about different things going on. You could think that maybe this person is uh, delusional. They believe that there's someone who they're not, and it's someone who was somewhat well-known or famous, uh-huh. so that, that makes sense. You could wonder if they're lying or faking it or malingering uh-huh. it for some reason, maybe for some kind of motivation. Um, 
Or you could think that maybe in a rare case, it's a something like a dissociative fugue where someone suddenly leaves behind a past identity and claims a new identity, although that's not usually someone that already pre, is pre-existing. And so I, the way that this is approached, though, again, is you don't see compassion from the mental health professional, although it's interesting because, um, you know, again, there's some kind of evil doers connection mm-hmm. in here and so he, he's viewed as more compassionate than than perhaps he should be right. depending on what you're thinking but from a mental health professional's perspective he is starting off just treating danny like he's there's no chance that anything he's saying mm-hmm. is true and even if someone were like for example if it was delusional thinking and he believed something that wasn't real there's Treating someone poorly because of that is really discriminatory, inappropriate, and um, can be really harmful because it's not like something intentional that someone is doing in that case. And so it's not, that approach is not the best way to get to the bottom of what's really going on there. And maybe particularly, like you said, in a universe where they have seen things that are kind of unbelievable happen, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think that it is tricky in some ways because obviously if someone starts talking about like going to another dimension, you might wonder like what's going on there. Is it possible that this is a psychotic feature? But the way he approaches it is not like I'm going to treat him humanely and gather the information. And even if Danny was lying about it for some reason, like imagine that was the scenario that was going on. He's unlikely to get the information that he needs by treating him like that. And so altogether, that's not a good approach. Though later, I think he does something that makes a lot of sense, which is he takes kind of the stance of an investigator where he's checking facts and trying to find out information that only the real Danny Rand would know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, that so that part led me to sort of like the therapist, but mm-hmm. now that you kind of put it in context, I, where it was, I was making the comparison of the people who were trying to kill Danny the therapist did seem good, but from just a very objective mental health perspective, still not great. Yeah, no, he just, he doesn't treat him, like, compassionately at all. He just completely is, like, basically, are you ready? Basically implying, if you admit that you're the person this passport says, then you can go, Mm -hmm. right? And then he changes his mind a little bit when there's some compelling evidence that he is Danny, but he doesn't start off that way at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And that it's interesting to hear you say that because he had what you said there. Just to repeat what well everything mm-hmm. you said is interesting. The point that I'm focusing on, where he, he kind of says, "Just admit that you're this John person, and then we can move on." That's kind of consistent with what that person who I don't I didn't look up the person's name, but the person who uh, is with Danny in the very beginning, mm-hmm. who kind of gives him the tour. So th- that person kind of alludes to that's kind of just how things are done in that place. Because Danny says, oh, 72 hours, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be out of here. And then he kind of walks through and says, well, you know, I had uh, an incident in a pharmacy once. Uh, and then uh, I was supposed to be here for 72 hours. And then this is what he says. And this is another point I want to talk about. Then he says, but then after that, uh, I am a bipolar with mixed effective episodes layered atop a substance use disorder. Mm-hmm. Then he points out another person and says, he was living under a bridge, and then he was brought here for 72 hours. All of a sudden, he's a paranoid personality disorder. And talking about these people on kind of uh, 
how they are labeled and uh, some of them, I think the longest one was someone who had been there for 15 years who had what uh, that person described as schizoaffective disorder. Yeah, it, it definitely reminded me of kind of the, the classic experiment from 1973 that Rosenhan did where they sent out people who didn't have mental health problems into hospitals. They were pseudo patients and it was... Um, they went into the hospitals and Rosenhan, his sense was that we weren't really, that mental health professionals weren't really good at diagnosing and they didn't use great methods. So basically anyone who goes in is likely to end up staying there. So they had the people just say things like they heard the word thud, like it was kind of one off symptom, but otherwise act like themselves. And they found that the average time spent in the hospital was um, 19 days, that they many of them received diagnoses of schizophrenia and other types of diagnoses. And so this was actually published in Science, which isn't doesn't always happen with psychiatry or psychology type journals, but that's how important it was. And it was called On Being Sane in Insane Places. And it basically supported the point that people were not doing a good job of diagnosing and basically anyone presenting was ending up with a diagnosis and it was hard for them to leave. So it reminded me of that. Now things have vastly improved since then. It's 50 years later. Our DSM system is much more reliable than it was. And in addition to that, there has been, there's been a lot of movement, including um, changes in public policy, to reduce institutionalization of individuals, and it's really reserved for people who are thought to they can't they can't be safe on their own otherwise, right? And and usually that's try to except in severe cases they try to limit the time. So things have changed a lot since then, but this felt kind of like a flashback to a past time, even though some of the diagnoses were um, appropriately modern, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, yeah, that we were. It seems like we're having the same exact thoughts mm-hmm. as we were watching it. One of the quotes that person says is, they call this a hospital, but don't let that fool you. And then along with, even though using modern terms or names for diagnoses, uh, it reminded me exactly of the Rosenhan mm-hmm. experiment, where people were going in, presumably from this person's perspective, who maybe didn't need to be there getting these diagnoses and then staying for up to 15 years mm-hmm. or great extended periods of time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, uh, like you already pointed out very nicely, not the situation uh, right now, and, mm-hmm. and, and not an accurate depiction of uh, these facilities and how they would be uh, today. Yeah, and I should say that most of what we're talking about is in the United States, and it's oh, sure. not, um, it varies depending on where you're at, so so that's where most of this stuff does. Anything else about that, or the diagnoses or anything? Um, No, I maybe another thing, should we mm-hmm. talk about the diagnosis that Danny gets? Because sure. uh, when the Dr. Edmund sort of comes to this conclusion that he is Danny Rand, but the Iron Fist is something that Danny invented to cope with the trauma of losing his parents mm-hmm. and whatever happened, uh, he says, uh, kind of almost flippantly, because uh, Danny says, no, I, I'm the Iron Fist, this all happened, and Dr. Edmund kind of says, well, mm-hmm. if you want me to put a label on it, uh, I would call it an anxiety disorder with psychotic features. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was not a nice depiction of compassionately, as you already pointed mm-hmm. out, delivering a mental health diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Certainly not explaining what the disorder means, what are some of the criteria, and how do you fall under that umbrella, mm-hmm. what are some of the treatment options. He's He kind of says, like, this is going to take a long time, you're going to be here for a while. So I didn't like that very much. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's also not a real diagnosis. Right. That problem? And he didn't. He doesn't really have a good basis for that. Like a lot of it is kind of hunches he has. Like yes, he has been through something traumatic, and yes, he's describing something that seems unrealistic. Again, though, like you said, in this universe, not necessarily totally unbelievable or something like that. But he's kind of like. He changes his mind pretty rapidly from, yeah, this is really him and I'm going to let him go to, wait a second, okay, he has psychotic features. And I'm not saying that that's inappropriate to think in his mind what that explanation is, but he didn't do a careful evaluation of things and then kind of deliver in a way that, again, is treating him, is treating getting with respect and the dignity to describe how he reached a conclusion. But he's, I mean, he does that throughout, even when he first meets him. I mean, Danny is still lying in restraints and he has to be unstrapped and the doctor asks if he'll behave. So he's kind of, uh, it's kind of like he can show some moments of being open and treating him respectfully, but then the second that Danny doesn't comply with what he's wanting, he kind of gets all of a sudden very harsh or strict mm-hmm. about it. Do you think the doctor, Dr. Edmonds, was involved with Ward in the sort of taking Danny out to be kind of beaten up or, or killed at the end? Because I'm not, I don't think Dr. Edmonds is a, a good doctor, mm-hmm. uh, but he was, he did seem to genuinely be trying to figure out who this person was. So I didn't know if that was something that kind of happened after hours or would have been tried to explain away later. Yeah, it's not really clear to mm-hmm. me because the staff person that brings him down there in a straight jacket clearly is involved. I mean, he's bringing him to a room and leaving him alone with a bunch of people. But I don't know how much the doctor had yeah. to do with that kind Not of that thing. it really matters. I'm just kind of yeah, it's not, about the... No, it's not clear to me exactly. Happened, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that becomes clearer if we finish the series or not. Not as far as I've gotten. Anyways, <laughs> okay. Maybe that's the twist ending, the return of Dr. Edmonds. That might be it. <laughs> Okay, did anything anything else, or do you want me to... Oh, uh, yeah, do you have another one? Um, let's see. So, I mean, I think it's... We kind of already mentioned this. This is just a major, like, I guess, uh, side point is that the... To, it's kind of flipping back and forth in sequence, but the person who tried to stab him is, again brought to Danny left alone and told by the staff member he's your tour guide to take you around as you were talking about so that I thought that was obviously unusual that's not really a good safety procedure um and Danny describes how some of the medications make him feel that they make him feel like he's underwater and he's having trouble meditating and drawing his chi and he's having these horrible nightmares and things like that and I think that you know it's true that individuals who are taking medications maybe in the hospital setting don't like some of the side effects, so that part was true, but he's also being very heavily dosed with stuff. so And multiple medications, too, presumably. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it certainly, it certainly seems that way. Um, you know, I think... What else? You know, I think those are the main things that I had listed for that episode because then it starts to kind of get back more to the plot so yeah. if you have anything else about oh uh, i had a couple stuff, other you know? really small things mm-hmm. that i don't know will result in a lot of uh conversation but i'll just i'll just read them off anyway okay. uh one was that the sessions were being secretly recorded mm-hmm. uh by uh I for, i'm forgetting his name harold mm-hmm. harold meacham the, the dad right. yeah i think that's who it was 
uh, always known as Faramir from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just recently rewatched Lord of the Rings, so uh. I recognized him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, of course, uh, referencing back to our ethics uh, episode, that is not great and also really kind of alludes, like, they don't, they kind of explain it away because it's a, that the Meachams just have some sort of in with this hospital. Uh, Harold, who if I, I'm, yeah, Harold, mm-hmm. that is, okay says that uh, everything is just sort of connected. That's just kind of how society is today. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't actually really explain why there would be a camera just, you know, in the, the private office recording the uh, session. Yeah, so. e- exactly. And and to be clear, the times that, that people are recorded, there has to be a very specific mm-hmm. procedure, and they have to usually give consent, except mm-hmm. in extreme situations. But the point is that clients have the right to privacy and so Mm -hmm. certainly i mean the most common time you see things recorded is is for the purposes of a therapist getting supervision or getting a second opinion on a case or something like that and in those cases they're explicitly described to the person they sign papers they're not just unknowingly being recorded and watched by someone yeah uh especially by someone who is pretty evil yeah exactly yeah exactly so Um, there's something not right about the hospital actually i mean there are a lot of things not right about it so in a way it's kind of weird to pick these things apart but (laughs) yeah they not super explicit about some of it either though like i don't know like some of the people that they're keeping there like not Mm -hmm. everyone i i presume they're just wronged the meachams in some way you know so Mm -hmm. it's not a great depiction but it's still also like kind of like like you said, a lot of not good evil. Sort yeah. Of well, you mentioned they mentioned lobotomies and stuff yeah. like that too. Yeah, so I think kind of... I can't remember if it's Ward or Harold. One of them sort of suggests, well, you know, they don't do lobotomies, mm-hmm. and uh, but other countries do what he called uh, psychosurgeries. Uh, so kind of like presuming like maybe we can hurt uh, Danny in that mm-hmm. way using something like that. So pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the the last thing that I noted down was when Doctor Edmonds calls Joy to ask about the commercial and did they go to the circus Mm -hmm. and she starts uh, to ask more well first he calls and says this is in regards to the patient who uh your family had Mm -hmm. put here and then she says oh okay so what's going on and he says oh well patient confidentiality i can't tell you Mm -hmm. i thought that was kind of a weird conversation Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't like it's nice that i guess he tried to protect some of danny's privacy but it was also very clear why he was calling uh and also like I don't know. It, it was just weird to me, like, that he was really worried about page confidentiality with all the other horrible stuff that's going on. Just weird, I guess. Yeah, and I don't know if that was with regard to the outside of what her perception was or something like that, or if she, he just wanted to kind of conclude the conversation. I mean, oh, sure. even calling to ask those questions without yeah. any explanation, yeah. Pretty weird. Mm-hmm. So, But I, I don't have a ton more to say about that. It just struck me as kind of an odd thing. Mm-hmm. And usually that even if you are involved with someone who's being admitted, unless they're, again, Danny signs waivers, really you're not allowed to talk to anyone about the person's case or, or what's yeah. going on with them or what their mental health issues even are. Even just vague. That was kind of what threw me about it. Yeah. Is he was kind of asking these kind of vague questions, but then he's like, oh, no, patient confidentiality, I can't talk about yeah. it. But he's like, 
you called her, you know? Like, right, exactly. I don't know. It's just sort of a Yeah, weird, usually like, you don't do that without pretty explicit yeah. <laughs> consent, unless it's a minor or something like that. And even then you try to talk to them about who they're comfortable with you talking to and what the purpose of it is. Yeah, so th those were most or all of my uh, points that I had kind of caught about it. Anything that was really related to the depiction of the hospital or, or mental health or kind of just using mental health diagnosis terms or things like that. Okay, well, that sounds good. I think this is unusual for us, but it's closer to when we first started. It's a single <laughs> episode rather than a series, which makes sense. It's only one It's only one episode within the series yeah, of was, Iron Fist. That's true. It was a little more focused than sometimes we get. Yeah, mm -hmm. so if you have, if listeners have any additional questions about Iron Fist or anything like that, please feel free to contact us and we can revisit some of those. But those were the main things that stood out about the hospital presentation. Yeah. Other than that, any last closing Iron Fist thoughts? No, I mean, it actually, I do kind of want to see how it ends now that we've talked about <laughs> it. I'm re-engaged in the story, so. Maybe we can get a kickback from Marvel after people <laughs> listen to this to rewatch Iron Fist. Uh, other than that, I don't have anything else either. Uh, let us know other things that you want to hear us talk about, though. Um, and as always, thanks for listening, and maybe we'll just close off with a classic Wonder Woman Pearl of Wisdom. Oh, I like that. Sounds good, Wonder Woman. Thanks so much, and uh, you'll hear from us next week.